ride with me in my foul life. Foul Life Podcast Nation. What is up? Chad B here, back with you. We're loving the response to these podcasts. It's duck season. Trying to bring you as much instruction, know-how, thoughts, processes, platforms, ideologies, scopes of work, just kind of how to attack the season, whether you're new to the game, whether you are a veteran to the game, whether you are mentoring somebody new and getting them into this waterfowling bloodline, it's a special life. Got a special guest host today, too. You know him from This Life Ain't For Everybody, Breaking It Down series. He's an all-around hunter, probably the best rifle shot we all know here at Banded Nation, Foul Life Nation. He loves hunting predators, turkeys, big game, deer, elk, loves waterfowl hunting. Don't know if he's as good with a shotgun as he is with a rifle. I'm going to say no. Mm-mm. But he can hide that because he's always hunting with a group of buddies. That's right. (laughs) Alex Crosby, what's up? I just, I wanted to comment. I saw your Instagram story the other day, uh, busting those clay pigeons. And it was, it was, uh, it was, uh, I was impressed, man. Shooter, shooter of the uh, top shooter for the third year in a row. I was going to say, there's no hiding clay pigeon. You did one man, two shells, two birds. And I didn't even shoot that good. I really did. Your shoulder. I had this shoulder problem going on where I couldn't elevate my right shoulder, which is my forearm hand. And I couldn't, I I mean, I'm not using excuses. I, I adjusted pretty good, but I was in pain on every station. I I do. I do love that. I always like to sit right in the middle whenever I waterfowl hunt, because then there's literally no way that anyone could tell if you miss or hit. And then just go pick them up and (laughs) have the dog bring him back. Yeah. I mean, you, you get, you get your pile and, you know, everyone's got their pile. You could choose not to uh, take a pile. I think I don't know. But what I love most about waterfowl hunting, and this is a this is a product plug because I'm. You can see me. I'm actually taking. I just finished goose sausage wraps. Okay, I just take a low carb little tortilla and freaking throw that in a little bit of Napa Valley olive oil. We process this stuff ourselves. These little sausages, cased. Perfect mixture of pork fat mixed with the wild goose meat. Awesome way to get rid of a lot of birds. There's some days in snow goose hunting where we kill 300 birds a day in the spring. Some days in the fall season where we kill 120 with the liberal limits in California. Liberal and the word California kind of go together. (laughs) But then when you're up at goose camp in in Canada, dude, you might have seven guns on a hunt. You kill an eight-man limit apiece. That's 56 Canada geese. Mm -hmm. You can throw these sausages together in a matter of minutes with this company right now that we're working with, Meat, M-E-A-T exclamation point. Website is meetyourmaker.com, M-E-A-T yourmaker.com. It's, uh, you talk about covering every single thing that you need to enhance your field to table. That's their slogan really is enhancing your field to table experience. So whether you're growing your own beef or your pigs or your chickens or gardening, they have products that can help you with gardening, such as some of their vacuum sealers and stuff. If you want to save some radishes or something and freeze them or any other of the other vegetables. But you talk about things from saws to grinders to dehydrators to slicers, like butcher quality stuff, butcher shop quality, meat market quality. When you're a kid and you're looking through those clear windows at the butcher shop and you're seeing them back there just going to town. 
I've always been envious of butchers. And this company, Meat, has literally like brought us to the table now. You've been with us several days where we go into the garage in a matter of minutes. We are processing our own sausage. We're slicing up our own elks. We're packaging it. We're making it to where the grinders, the processors, the mixers, you can do anything with this product line by Meet Your Maker. The, the key, because I bought one of those, did you ever buy one of those attachments that went on like your girlfriend's kitchen stand maker oh, yeah. to do like sauce? Like you thought that was going to do sausage or, and it does, but it's so slow and it's just a, pain in the butt when when you guys got these you know their commercial quality stuff dude you run through that meat like it's nothing you know what i mean like it's nothing the the i would have liked to have tried that goose sausage that you brought in there were there wasn't one for me but uh the, well, yeah, I know, but you were eating a Jack Ling's cold craft <laughs> well, right in front of me and went into my refrigerator <laughs> and didn't even offer to get like me one out. That's like an appetizer. That's like a snack. Well, so was this. I, I went know. through that in a matter of seconds. Uh, but that's go- that's wild goose, bro. No, the, the I was going to commend those, uh, the ones you made with the jalapeno and cheddar, the, the snack sticks. Unbelievable. And what I what I always find is when you make those things then you you know you take those hunting and then you you happily share them with you know everybody that's with you or you give them out as a gift or whatever like you said you, you kill even if you have a your own little weekend hunt and you kill you know four eight big canada geese you know that's a lot of meat for you know like me to eat by myself i, I can't eat or if you go to multiple states or live in the east yeah. or the midwest where you can kill multiple does and you're a deer hunter right yeah or you go antelope hunting and elk hunting and deer hunting in nevada you're lucky enough to draw all three tags you're going to have a lot of ground beef you're going to have a lot of sausage mm-hmm. meat you're going to have a lot of roast meat that you might not want to cook a full roast you could take that roast meat and turn it into something with this meat product that is i'm telling you i love the idea of processing Mm-hmm. But the, on top of that, if you're just going to butcher the meat and get your steaks ready, okay, you're just going to get your tenderloin ready, your backstraps ready, your chops ready, your ribs ready, anything that you can take off of a cow or a steer or a bison, you can take off of an elk, a deer. Then when you get into ducks, you got the legs, you got the fat for rendering, you got the skin, you got the breast meat. You, a lot of people are like, you need to pluck every duck that you... That you kill. No, you don't. Don't. I'm so tired of showing a processing video of the way that we like to do it and then getting chastised because we didn't eat the leg meat. There ain't, there's a lot, you can't take a lot of meat off of a teal leg. So chill out and stay in your lane. Okay. We're doing things that are ethically correct. We're eating everything that we kill. That doesn't mean that I'm going to eat the tongue out of every elk that I kill. Okay. (laughs) Now, do I enjoy an elk tongue once in a while? You're damn right. But you don't have to cut the tongue out every single time to be considered a provider, right? Or a hunter-gatherer. I don't like to pluck every goose that I kill. I just don't. I like to cut the breast meat out because I love making pulled goose sandwiches. My point is, is that if you're using this product by meat and you got all your steaks lined up and everything, dude, these vacuum bags, the vacuum sealer, the big commercial ones or the little personal ones, two different types with the drawer system or just with the zip system, you can have bags that are so well laid out and thought out with the date, a line for the date, what it is, a description of the meat, put your name on there. You put the date, you put where it was harvested. You're always staying legal in your, within your legal means of your possession limit, your harvest limit, your daily bag limit, whatever you want to call it, whatever game you're chasing. I got, I got bags from spring of 2021 that say Tennessee Turkey, Georgia Turkey, California Turkey, Idaho Turkey, 
says what's in there. Mm -hmm. Is it strip breast meat? Is it leg meat? Is it thigh? What is it? Okay. And then you can label them all. You can go in there in your freezer and you're organized. You're like, holy shit, dude, this is, there's so much pride in it, Crosby. That's what I think of when I think of a company like Meet Your Maker is the pride that goes in to being a hunter gatherer provider. Do you you remember, I'm sure your dad did it because my dad did it, but you know, they would, they would cut up their deer or whatever. And I'm sure in their mind, they figured like they were going to remember what was in that white butcher paper. But then like they would go to cook dinner and you'd be like, what do we have? And they would just pull that white pack up, you know, by the time it thought, oh, we're having deer steaks or it could have been, you know, oh, it was, it was a tenderloin or whatever, you know, because they, they never marked them. They never did. It was just you knew the deer was in the white butcher paper. Yeah. And it could have been ground. But like you said, now some nowadays, of it, some of it leaked through and now it froze. And you oh, can yeah. see the blood marks. Through, oh, yeah. Like you wrote on a <laughs> like you got a piece of like Kleenex wet or something. Exactly. What about the days when you would your dad or mom would be like, oh, no, 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 that's fine. That means fine. It it looks it's so freezer burnt that, <laughs> right. that, that it looks like a new that, that a glacier is growing on it. Exactly. But they're going to try to talk you in that it's still fine. No, as soon as it thaws, it'll be fine. Yeah, it's bullshit. Oh, exactly. Freezer burnt will kill wild game. Oh, it it ruins it. That's what I love about these packages. They're so strong, and every bit of that air gets sucked out so well that when you seal it, you know when you go in and you you fill some packages and you're like, oh, there's air in there. Mm-hmm. That kills meat. Yep. Oh, that's broke. Well, if it just broke, eat it right away. Don't even freeze it. If you, if you fill it, like you know that you just put it in the freezer a week ago and you go in there and went, wait, what's something? Something got dropped on it and it broke the seal or something? You eat it right away. Mm-hmm. That stuff's not going to stay good for that long when air is getting to it, that ice taste that gets to it. It's just like a dirty, dirty freezer smell, It right? absor- absorbs that flavor from yeah. everything that's ever been in your freezer. And this, the process with this Meet Your Maker stuff is like, man, now I'm going to be a better organizer in my freezer. And it's like impossible to find freezers now, you know, with, with the pandemic and everybody going out and buying all the meat they can. There was a point where you couldn't even find freezers, even on like Craigslist or eBay or whatever those sites are. People were telling me, I need more laydown freezers. I don't have enough. Remember, I called you and luckily mm-hmm. enough, you had, a, you had a way. But um, you start to organize your, your, your freezers. And I know that this sounds like a long-winded commercial, but this is the life. This is the life of the provider. This is the life of living off the land when you can go into a retail outlet and see this kind of product or order it online and knowing what you can establish yourself as. Your man cave or you know your garage area can become a full-blown butcher shop. Well, full-blown I- butcher shop if you want to have that idea of doing it all yourself. I'm not saying taking it to the butcher is not a bad thing, but what, what does the butcher give it to you? And they wrap it up good. A lot of good butchers will wrap it up good and it's professionally done. But, dude, we just did elk, Bubba's Elk. It's as professional as you can get in this meat stuff. Well, the the butchers, especially like in the ground and stuff like that, I don't You're not getting your stuff back. I, I think most of them will tell you. You know, they, they wait till they get 100 pounds of ground to do or whatever their number is, you know, and then because it. Yeah, it could be all mule deer, but it's all not mule deer just might not deer. be yours, you know. Yeah. I think, and, and you know, I, I learned this from you guys, how much is the grind. You know what I mean? Like you only get so many steaks, you only get so many, you know, whatever chops, tenderloins, what, and then, and then you're left with this huge amount of meat that needs to be ground. Right. I mean, and, and if you get, if you get your own machine that works well, you don't dread doing it. Like I said, when exactly. I had that's the, a great point, you don't dread it. Right. When I had that, that stand, the one that went on the stand mixer that, you know, you could do three ounces at a time before it jammed up and clogged up. It was miserable. You're you're happier going to a butcher shop. But 
the butcher shop's got its own challenges too because most of them are closed on Sunday and Monday. Most of the time, you know, you're getting your big game animal on a Friday, Saturday, you know, coming home Sunday. Now you got to deal with this deer hanging or doing something for two or three days. If you just brought it home and got to work and started cutting it up and grinding it and do it, it's not that hard to learn, you know, the primal, you know, breakdown of a, of a deer or an elk or whatever. Sure. And it honestly, you do it and then you, it's almost as fun as hunting. You know what I mean? Like that well, that's, sounds that's weird. Where was, that's where I was going next is that a big part of what I do in seminars or, you know, in the way that when people ask me questions is about how do you do this with duck hunting or how, you know, I'm not saying that I'm the ends all. Okay. There's a lot better duck hunters or goose hunters in this world than me or that I'll ever be. But I've always tried to teach the art of visualization. And I always talk to people about how it parallels with my baseball career and how Ted Williams in his book, Science of Hitting, wrote on the art of visualization. I believe it was chapter four. If you visualize your hunt, you start to put it together. All right. Wind's going to be coming out of this direction. Decoys are here. My hide's here. I scouted it last night. There's a low part in the field here. They're going to want to be on this high part. How are we going to start visualizing? We're going to be on a tree line. Well, how are we going to trick them? We're going to extend our decoy line. They're going to come off the roost from the east. They're going to be flying away from the sun, but the wind's going to be blown out of the east. So they're going to circle out in front of us and set into the wind. You visualize that process. What meat allows me to do is visualize the butchering and processing process. Mm-hmm. So now I'm visualizing not just how well it's going to be laid out and how excited I am to write on those bags and mark what it is. Cause I know now my visualization starts. All right. I've just put all this sausage away. I already see myself doing stuffed bell peppers next week. I'm visualizing the peppers coming out of the garden, cutting the caps off, getting all the seeds out, getting all of these ingredients going with onions and garlic and whatever provider rubs I'm using or whiskey bent rubs or meat church rubs I'm using or toughy stone cold smoke rubs. I use them all. And I visualize that, oh, Tuffy Smoke is going to go right here. Boom. Going to do this recipe. Oh, the provider crosshairs is going to go onto this burger right here because it's got a taste of dealing. I'm, I'm visualizing this. Now I'm visualizing the sides. Does that make sense? Like oh, yeah. you start to take so much pride in becoming a provider. You're like, dude, I can't wait to go back in the freezer. And grab another thing of this out to do something else now. Because my ribs were so good. My burger was so good. My stroganoff was so good. Bam. That visualization process kicks in on not just the hunt, but now on your butchering and and processing. And I think people, hunters in general, they get stuck in that rut, right? Uh, The the popper is a a great example. You know what I mean? Like everyone that kills a duck turns it into a a jalapeno popper or whatever. Because that tastes good. Nobody's going to lie that that doesn't taste good, but I mean... Well, not for you, but if you put cream cheese and bacon and and a jalapeno around anything, it's going to taste good. You know what I mean? And it's sad. And then, you know, you get stuck into the the jerky rut or, you know, just those easy ways to consume your game meat. Which, and and before you continue, and I love where you're going, it's going to make you not want to eat it as much because it becomes too tedious. It it becomes too over and over. Same old song and dance. There's no unorthodox, out-of-the-box thinking. Yeah. My, my, uh, you know... We hardly ever got ground meat, you know, when we were younger. You know, my parents, you know, they didn't they didn't like the the grinding of meat, likely because they didn't have a good grinder. You know, back when I was a kid, you know, either you couldn't afford what we're talking about now because the technology just was a newer, you know, or you had your old, you know, hand grinder or whatever. So 
my parents in go to was the stew, right? So all those kind of cuts that aren't that great, they ended up in stew meat and you know, venison stew is good. But, you know, your mom would make four gallons of it and then you'd eat it for three days in a row and then you didn't want to touch it for, you know, the next three months because it was just too much. You know, where, you know where meat comes in on a, a stew recipe or a sauce recipe is them is that vacuum sealer. You yeah. put that you put that stew already made, let it cool, put it in one of these bags, seal it, you can eat it in a month from now. Yep. You might pull it out and be like, dude, I'm going to deer camp. I'm going to throw this in a freaking cast iron on the open flame or put it on the Traeger and close the lid, warm it up, it's done. Yep. And I'm telling you, this vacuum sealer is legit, but that's what I'm saying. Where What you're saying rings a bell of like, how many times do people give a bad critique? Like we've gone through on our other show, This Life Ain't For Everybody, breaking it down of foodies and critiquing. How many times do you hear fucking, uh, excuse me, I get pissed off about it. How many times do you hear effing people give big game or ducks and geese a bad review? All the time. All the time. At number one thing is duck tastes like liver, right? All the time. Texture sucks. Yeah. Taste wild, taste gamey. Yeah. Well, dude, that's because you didn't take pride in your meat when you kill it. Well, this antelope sucks. Well, that's because you killed it in 98 degree weather in August, had four beers to celebrate your kill while you're freaking out there with the sun just baking your meat. Mm-hmm. You need to get the guts out of it. Don't touch the piss bag because a lot of people make that mistake. And then you got to go get ice on that thing. Mm-hmm. Get it in some ice, get it in a freezer, get it in something to keep it cool. Yep. You know what I'm saying? 100%. And, and I think a lot of people could learn you know, more about wild game cooking. I think that Nevada is a tough state, right? You could draw a state. You could go five years without, easily go five years without drawing a tag. I think people in the in the Midwest and stuff that can kill four or five whitetails a year, they do a better job with wild game. I mean, you'll, you'll know better than I'll know, but I mean, when you travel over there, it's like they've got the setup to do everything. You know, they're, they're looking forward you know, same with you know Alaska and places like that they're looking forward to harvesting that wild game and they'll put their you know whitetail steak up against any steak you've got off of a, a beef or you know anything like that and they've got all that stuff ready to go they do their own grinds their own mixes they're making breakfast sausages they're doing all that stuff with their whitetail deer granted it's different they can kill four or five of them a year and and they can do it every year so they've got a you know they've got the handle on it where like you know, I haven't drawn a deer tag in five years. It's hard to master the art of, you know, cooking a, a wild mule deer when you get one every five years or maybe longer, you know? hundred percent. But like you said. But what are those outdoorsmen doing if they're not killing deer? They might go fishing. Yep. They might Bird hunt. be buying a side of beef or a half a beef. I'm, I've heard several people and a lot of people are calling us at American Almond Beef. Can we get a half a beef? Can we buy a full beef? Me and a buddy wants to split it. Mm-hmm. Bird hunting, chucker. Grouse, sage hen, they get a bad rap. They get a bad rap. They can be good, but they're tough to make good. You got to be very creative and you got to understand the art of slow cook. You got to understand the art of tenderization. And you have to understand the art of making sure that you get that game taken care of 100% once you kill it. Because again, that's in early September. And it's hot. And what do you do? You kill one, then you leave it in your vest for another four-hour walk, and you expect it to be mm-hmm. good. You got to think before you kill this shit, because in the long run, you're not doing your duty as a hunter if you're not eating the game or at least sharing it with somebody. My dad always made us clean the sage hen right when you killed him. Have to. I, you have to. In a creek, in yeah. cold water. You cannot. They're, they don't even go in your vest. Like You can't. You have to. They're almost inedible but if you very, do But very few people clean them right when they kill them. I know. They don't want the hand. They don't want the blood on them. 
Which brings up another point about meet your maker. A lot of people are like, dude, I don't, I dread, like we talked about dreading the process. What about the cleanup? Dude, the cleanup is so easy. Stainless steel pieces that you can bring out. We hose them out, pressure wash them out. Not so you got to pay attention to the parts. You know, you don't want to take your, you don't need to do that with your dehydrator, but the big mixing bowls and the mixers and all of the components, they clean up in a breeze. And but those, here's what, oh, go ahead. I was going to say those, those six foot white, like banquet Tubs, tables. No, the table, tables. That, that's like your, Right, you, 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 if you had two of those, and and I mean, you know, the mixer, the grinder, and a vacuum sealer, you, you literally can invite a buddy over and drink three or four beers and process. It. I mean, what did Bubba's elk take? An elk took a couple hours. I mean, to, about about three hours, yeah. but we did it right, right. And you were filming it, so a little bit. Yeah, we were filming. A little it. added, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it isn't that daunting of a task to break down an animal and butcher it yourself at home. And I've taken tons every, you know, I've taken tons of big game animals to butchers. I'm not knocking them just like you're not knocking them, but it is a, it is a different sense of pride to do it yourself. And on top of that, you 100% know what happened from, you know, not to be cliche from the field to your table. Right. I mean, there was never a point that that meat left your site. You know, that it didn't get contaminated. You know, it didn't get overheated. You know, it didn't, you know, get mixed with some other guy's deer who didn't take as good a care of meat as you took care of yours. You know, 100% from where you got it to when you put where it in your, did freezer. your food come from. Perfect. Exactly. And the other part of that cleanup deal is the pride. I like, knowing that we're organizing these shelves in our shops with all of this badass equipment paid good money for it. And we just w put a ton of work into this hunt. And now we have all of this stuff to show for it. Mm -hmm. There's nothing better than going in there and pulling out some ground chorizo and making eggs with it in the morning with your daughter and your nephew and your friends around and your family. And everybody's like, Holy shit, this is good. That's right. We, honed our skill set to get them close and kill them ethically. Got our dogs trained or trained them ourselves to bring them back ethically. Processed them, butchered them, processed them. Boom, 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 boom. And now we're all just sitting here eating geese like they're going out of style. What, what is cooler than that? You can't tell me that any job in the world is cooler than being a provider. No, nope. can't tell me that. And I like that we took a little bit of emphasis off making those shots. I mean, you know, as long as you end up with four or five of them, doesn't matter if you hit them. Yeah, I mean, as long as people <laughs> follow the regulations of party hunting. If you are out there with your buddies and the bird limit is, let's say that you're in Arkansas. Kill four mallards in the woods in Arkansas. and kill four mallards anywhere in Arkansas a day. Pretty much the only birds you kill in the woods, unless you get a screamer wood duck and you kill it, which we don't even really shoot at them. Once in a while, I've seen a gadwall in there. A couple times a sprig when it's real cold. But most of the time, you're going to kill mallards. You got five guys in there and you have 18 dead ducks. Okay. And you have two drakes left. Your hens have already been accounted for. You already killed your limit of hens. Okay. You can only, I think two, or don't quote me on this. One or two of your four bird limit can be hen mallards. I believe it's two. It might be one in Arkansas. Check that out. Please don't quote me on that listeners. If you're changes planning all the time to go too. to Arkansas and it changes all the time, federally, statewide, but you got five guys in there and you're almost to your 20 bird limit. All five of you don't, you have to account for your birds on your strap, on your tree. Okay, guys, there's only two birds left. It's Alex and Clay shooting. They're the only two without their limit. My gun's unloaded. It's strapped on the tree. 
That's it. I'm going to work my, I'm going to work Axel or Duff when they jump off the platform. Or all call. But what do people do? They go, oh, we're all, they're all just gung ho. Just keep shooting. Mm -hmm. That's where we get into a mix up and the gray lines are crossed with party hunting. You got to know what birds are yours. It's illegal just to put them all in one pile. Right. Every hunter has to account for their birds during the hunt. I can't stress that enough. I would say if I had to guess, that's probably the most written ticket in waterfowl hunting. Yep. Is, is possession of birds. If you have your possession of birds, you put them in a pile for a picture, you have to pull them back out. You have them all tagged, right? You got to have, you can't put them in that pile legally, they say. We still do it. We get a group picture because that's hunting memories. Mm -hmm. But if you walk out of that field to go get the truck and you leave the field and your buddies are sitting there with your birds untagged, they're in trouble for over the limit. Yep. Because you've left your birds behind. Now, I'm not saying that a game warden might not be understanding. But if you're going to leave the field, you need to tag your birds with a little toe tag, with a strap, with a zip tie, saying, Alex Crosby, three greenheads, one hen, two Canada geese, killed on this date in this county. You can leave them there now. They're accounted for in a separate pile. Go get your truck, come back. And then those birds have to ride home with you. You can't just carry my birds home, right? I was just going to say, I bet the number two ticket is... Transport. You know, I meet you out there in my truck. We get the photo. We throw the birds in your truck, all the decoys in my truck. I'm going to meet you at your house to clean them, and we separate, and you get pulled over, and you've got a two-man limit, and you're by yourself. You're in trouble. And what do you do? You, you got to hope that somebody's understanding. You know, we did a podcast with Jared, who's a, 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 a law enforcement officer, and, he, you know, the spirit of the law he talks about, you know, you – you're not intending to break that law. You know, you didn't, you know, you made a mistake, a logistical mistake, but they could give it to you. They They're could give it to you. Most of the time. I, I was going to say, I think a lot of times they will give it to you. And then you have to figure out what can you have in your freezer? When does the bird become not part of your possession limit? That's a big gray area. If you come into my house and I have mallard duck sausage written on all these packages, that's processed, right? That's no longer against your limit. What's the limit? What's the possession limit? If I can have 20, three times my daily limit of ducks, let's say we're in the Pacific Flyway now, got seven puddle ducks, can have three times your legal limit, seven or three times seven is 21. Do you have to eat them to go out and kill them? Let's say you got 21 dead ducks. You went three days in a row. Do you have to eat them or do you have to process them? Or do you leave a wing on so the feds can come in and look in your freezer and say, oh, that's a mallard, that's a gadwall, that's a widgeon, that's a redhead, whatever it is? I'm trying to figure all this out this long into my hunting career of, well, if I go home and I cut them up and I breast them out, now they're just my meat. I, I mark it on their mallard ducks killed this day, but I can go out and kill another limit even if I have 21 breasts in my house, right? Or can the feds tell me and the statewide agencies tell me when I have to eat my ducks? So you're telling me, that if I'm a chucker hunter and this daily limit is six in Nevada, which I think it is, I don't know what the possession limit is. Is it two or three days for upland birds? Okay, so you can have 12. You're telling me that I can't go out and successfully kill a limit of chucker every day. Okay, I'm a legal hunter. I got a badass dog. I know this mountain range like the back of my hand. I know the rim rocks. I know where these chucker live. You kill them for 10 days in a row, you got 60 birds because you're going to do a Coney Island chucker feed at the end of the year. You're telling me that's illegal? What makes it illegal? Because now you're telling me when I have to eat my game. Right. I don't, so I don't know what makes it legal or not. What, what's the possession limit? Well, wouldn't that be the same as if you made a, a sauce with it and 
you got ground chucker sauce that you refroze again. But now it's but now it's already been cooked. So now that's that I believe that takes out of the equation hundred percent. So ground uncooked though. Would, that's what I'm saying. What yeah, if you if you process it and it's gotta be if it's ground, is that take it out of your daily limit? It's I processed. Ready for the freezer. Or what if it's just plucked and you got a full f- chucker in there or a full mallard? Does that mean it's been to your your abode? It's already in your freezer, and they can't say that that's part of your possession limit. What is a possession limit? Can I can I hunt seven days in a row, kill 21 greenheads in the state of California, and hang them in a barn, and they're all hanging there with the different days and the different toe tags on them of the days I killed them? But as soon as I take the feathers off and I put them in the freezer and I gut them out, now are they not part of my possession limit? Hmm. That's where it gets tricky. The... the because now they're saying that you're going to, hi, you know, are they saying that you're going to save all these birds and then market sell them, sell them to market or something because of the days of the market hunter. That's what the limits were set forth with possession and daily limits because of market hunting. They didn't want you going out and killing a hundred ducks in a day. Right. But if I kill 60 in 10 days, who can tell me when to eat them? I've stayed within my legal limit every day. So what is a possession limit? Well, and especially when you're talking, you know, there's not a... There's not a ton of meat on a, you know, a mallard duck's breast. So, like you said, if You're you saving have, up for a big feed. yeah, you had the intention of having, you know, you got a family of five, and you want to you want to invite your brother and his family of five over. You know, I need more than, you know, a, a legal possession limit to give everybody two small breasts. Eat, you know, yeah, it, it would be. Int- I, I've never looked at it. It'd be interesting to know. And the main one that I would think about is what if you cut it into strips or you ground it. You know, is it still part of a possession limit? Because you're, you're, I don't think so. You haven't I, made the gravy I, I, yet. I, I, so when you go to, when you go to a um, butcher shop, and you get your geese done, you know, down in California, you get them to process your birds and and take the feathers off and and gut them out. You can get fully plucked speckle belly geese, right? Right. As long as you have a commercial license. You can do that on your own, right? You can go get a commercial license, I believe, and become a commercial bird processor to where now those people that have that bird processing station, they have everybody's birds in there, right? So they're accounted for, though. They have tags on them. But once they give them to me and they're still tagged, with, they, they put your little yellow daily, you know, your daily, your tag in there of what you turned in. Okay, if you bring 10 hunters possession or 10 hunters, I'm getting confusing here. Ten, like we've had 10 hunters want yeah. to get all their birds done. They all have their tag done for their birds. You, you can kill 10 specks a day down there, Crosby. Several days we've killed a 10 to 12 man limit. We bring all 120 specks to a place that processes birds, right? We turn them in. Here's Chad Belding's 10 birds. He's got his tag on them. When they give them back, they're all wrapped individually. They're in a plastic bag, then wrapped in butcher paper, double plastic bag, whatever. Some of them will be marked wing on because now you're transporting them. If I'm taking them back to Nevada, I make sure I tell that processor, leave a wing on. Because if I'm driving back and I get pulled over and they're like, well, let me see your birds. They're going to be able to say, oh, spec, 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 spec. They're going to make, I don't know if they're going to go as far as opening that whole thing up, but it says wing on. So they know that it's in transport back to Nevada. If I choose to get them plucked in California. But my, my question is, where do they have to be for them not to count against my possession limit? If I killed, if I went to California for a week-long hunt, can I legally have 70 specs with me that are processed to take home with me to feed my family, knowing that I'm going to leave the wing on? I've killed seven days in a row. I killed 10 specs. 
What is your possession limit? I never went over my daily legal limit one time. I will never do that. But I want to eat my specs when I want to eat my specs. I want to have 200 people over at the end of the year and have a huge wild game feed. Right. I want to have a hundred. I want to have all 70 of my specs on the Traeger looking beautiful, basted, dry rub, basted out, just shining like freaking vibrant light. What's legal? If you go on a seven day trip to hunt, what can you kill and bring back? That's where my, my mind was just wandering to is, yeah, what, what if you wanted to do, you know, your bucket list hunt and you wanted to hit Arkansas and, you know, whatever, Oklahoma, a couple of the other unbelievable waterfowl states, and you're going to take a, a seven-day trip, drive into, you know, three different states and kill. Well, now you're starting to get into a whole other deal. Right. You're, well, you, like, here's where people think. If I'm on the Wyoming-Nebraska border and I wake up in Wyoming and kill my ducks, kill seven greenheads, I can hop over to Brat. No, you can't. That's a federal deal. Mm-hmm. Your limit per day is where you're at. So if you're in like the Kentucky, Tennessee, uh, Missouri area, like there, there's a chance you could go boom, boom, boom and hit three states in one day. Right. But you still can only kill your legal daily limit, not per state. It's a federal legal limit. Now you're starting to mess with, well, now I'm going to, I shoot my birds in Wyoming. Now I'm going to Montana and I'm going to hunt the I'm going to hunt the Yellowstone River out of Billings for a couple of days. Now I have Montana ducks in here, and I have Wyoming ducks in my cooler, and I'm freaking bringing them all back to Nevada when mm-hmm. I'm done hunting. Well, how many can I have? Your possession limit is going to be three times your daily limit, I believe, on that take for that haul. But if you if you're going for six days and you kill your legal limit every day, does that mean you have to be eating them the night before to make up for it? Who can answer that question besides the most educated of federal game wardens or state agency game wardens? I was going to say, I, and I don't even know if they could answer it. I want to know if I go on a little tour, what can I bring back? What can I cross state lines with as long as I have my wings on and I have my licenses and I have my toe tags on there of what I killed per day in each state? I'll go overboard on on information, right? Information overload. That would be the key. You would want to document. You know, If you did that trip we were talking about, you would want to document so you, our you question want, is, if these hunt, mallards are from here. Da, 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 da. If you're hunting three days in Wyoming and three days in Montana, can I legally bring back a possession limit from both of those states, which is three times your daily limit? I hunted six days. I hunted three days here and three days here. Can I legally bring back all of my ducks if I never went above the or broke the legal daily possession or daily bag limit in either state? I killed my limit every day in Wyoming froze them in, a, in my lodge, put them in this freezer, kept them froze, went over to Montana, killed my legal limit every day. Can I bring all those ducks back to Nevada with a wing on legal transport and cook them at my end of the year game feed? Be interesting to hear. So you I don't, don't, I don't know. know the answer. You no. don't know. And neither do I. No. And I, I hunt ducks every day of the season pretty much. Yeah. Crazy. You, you eat a lot of them though while you're out there is why maybe you don't have to I, because deal with I'm, it. Because I don't want to, I mean, but a lot, a lot of guys don't. Right. A lot of lodges supply your meals for you. They're well, like, oh, we got steak tonight. Oh, we got... Bit- that. You're hunting out of a hotel. You can't cook. I mean, well, you most people don't have creative. a hot plate or a, a... You know, I guess you could bring a Traeger along and cook in a parking lot, but most people don't do yeah, that. Yeah, they fly you know? up there and they got a hotel. Mm-hmm. Or they drive up and they have the ability to, to bring stuff, but they don't bring a grill because their trailer's so packed with decoys yeah. and guns and ammo. It would be interesting. I don't know the answer to that question. I, I would have assumed, and I would have assumed at home, same way, you know, it's a, if it's processed and... 
I do, I didn't I wouldn't think it'd have to be cooked because like once you cook something, its shelf life is less than when it's not, right? I mean, I think. Well, once you cook it, of course, it's not on your limit anymore. My question is, is how many can you have in your freezer? Right. No, but I'm saying like, what point? At what point? What if you, what if you ground them? Well, one of the thoughts of the government probably is, well, so you want to have all of your ducks from 2020 still in your freezer, and now you're adding on top of all your 2021 ducks just to say that you're freezing them. Well, is my what if I what if I'm going eating them at my pace and I still have 2020 ducks left over, but now I'm adding 2021 ducks because I didn't eat all of my ducks from last year. Right. So now I'm way over my, now I know that it's a different licensed year, but what counts once they're in the freezer and frozen, plucked or whatever. This applies to fishing too, correct? I would assume. Yeah. I mean, cause you, yeah, daily, and daily possession, possession. Da- daily bag limits and possession limits and fish. I mean, Nobody's eating fish every day. Very few people are eating fish every day, you know? Yeah, but I mean, if I'm catching, if I'm catching crop, crappie every day, if I'm in Tennessee and I'm catching them, I'm doing fish fries two, three days a week. That's what Southerners do. They're getting rid of them. They're eating them or they're saving them up for a big fish fry. Right. But saving them up could get you in trouble, that's right? What Is it? That's what I'm asking. Mm-hmm. Once they're gutted and once they're butchered and processed, does it count on your bag, the, your, your possession limit? Do you think Google would know the answer to this? No. Hell no, because every state's different. Then you got the federal law against the state law. That's true. When you start talking about ducks and geese and migratory birds, doves included. So the, our, our patented Don't Google. even Google it, dude. We'll just get more and more confused. This is just a discussion. <laughs> we need to have a game warden come on here. I think it would be interesting to have a game warden come on here. I mean, you 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 guys created that. I don't know if you created it, but you sell a- That system, yeah. A Banded. system of- Tags, Toe tags and, and zip, zip ties, ties and yeah, all color coded. So when we get in the blind that day, you got four hunters in there. You're red, I'm blue. He's black, he's yellow. And then when your duck comes in, you have on your on your duck strap, you have what color you are that day. Mm-hmm. Then your ducks are hanging there. At the end of the day, that blue gets a big blue one. Now you have the little blue ones. Now you get a big blue one at the end of the day with your with your limit on it. Right. But everybody knows that that Belding's is the blue strap, and he's and he's got a blue little band on his strap. And then he puts a blue little band on each of his ducks as the dog brings them back. Boom. You hang them on that strap. And then at the end of the day, you take a big one, tie them all together and there's your limit. So everybody knows what they have during the hunt. So there's no party excuse for overshooting Overshooting. your limit. And I mean, all joking aside, you do kind of know what you're shooting you know, especially if you're on the outs, say you got four guys hunting the the guy on the left and the right, if they're shooting to the left and the right, they know what they're hitting. There can be some. Yeah, I but think it doesn't, I shot ha- it that doesn't one. happen like that very often. No, duck but but you would so, have to one at a time at every time, and that doesn't happen in duck hunting. This is a big talk, a big concern in duck right. hunting legality, is that you're not you're always party hunting. You got a hundred geese that come in, and you got eight guys that sit up, and you rain thirty five geese. What's the deal? What's ethical? You don't just spray into a huge flock. No, everybody pulls the trigger three times. Eight times three is twenty four. Times however many BBs in a three-inch number two or a BB shell, which is 120, you're looking at a lot of birds being killed in crossfire. Mm-hmm. Then you got all the birds out there. Now you got to bring them all back. Now there's no way to keep and tow who's who's is what. You got to situate. You got to divvy them up. You got to right? divvy them up behind each blind. But you know what people do? Oh, they look like decoys. Just put them out amongst the decoys. Well, mm-hmm. is that legal? If a, if a game warden walks out into your snow goose spread and it's not the spring season where I don't know if they'd even, I don't think spring season even counts to this because there's no limit. Right. Right. So every, it's a free for all. But during the fall season, there's some states that are 20, 25 birds a day. Right. 
So can you just put them in the decoys because they look like decoys and you don't want a big white spot around your blind? You don't have enough room around your ground blind or your pit blind. What are you going to do? That's a lot of geese. You can't put them down the pit because then it becomes dangerous. You can't step anywhere. Right. So now there's all these questions. Where do I stack my geese when the federal government has made the limits so high? How do you expect me to keep my 10 specs right with me every hunt? You, you set the limit to this. Mm -hmm. You told me to kill them because they're eating too much agriculture or they're not producing right and their 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 breeding is down because the breeding grounds are getting so affected by the populations right you know what i mean yeah you killed 10 specs you told me i could i killed 10 specs now you're telling me i did it wrong you set the limit right how am i supposed to hide 10 specs during a hunt you, like you said you can't you get pile them up all around your blind the, but you put them out amongst the decoys and the same brown color as your brown decoys might keep tricking them right outfitters and hunters do it all over the world i've been in every state every state i've seen outfitters the every state that i've been to i'm not saying i've hunted every state with an outfitter a lot uh, 90 percent of them put them in their decoys mm -hmm. not ducks in a pond you don't just leave them out there floating in your decoys but a dry ground hunt for geese put them out there it looks it makes our spread bigger yeah you don't leave them on their back or whatever you flip them over so that's where that in. banded thing comes in you you tag them and then maybe put them out there right. you still got your tag but dude that's a, that's tedious work man oh yeah most duck hunters are like oh they're coming we ain't you, got time i was gonna to say you get a coming. second volley right on top of the one you had and, and can you blame us like you get up at three o'clock in the morning and you put out that big spread and you you put in all that work and then you're gonna have a volley that comes between you know, with two minutes in oh, between. Hold on, them. guys. You guys go ahead and shoot at this one. I'm over here putting all these I'm tags put my zip ties on, on every leg on every leg that you have. It's yeah, a lot of work. It is, and and one one key thing is that you know I think, and I I learned this from you is that you can't be when you start getting down to that wire. You can't be so hungry for a limit, and you can't be greedy. You know what I mean? If you got, you've called a bunch of hunts that I've been with you on. You know, you could kill four more. You know. You could kill four more geese, but you got four guys laying there. You know, is everybody going to, you going to trust everyone to get up and shoot one? Or are you going to trust a guy to try and hit? Two? No, you just call the hunt. You know, you don't, you it's don't, you point. don't get those four great more. Oh, your picture does. Is somebody going to go pick you apart on Count Instagram? It out. Yeah. That's not a limit. Right. That's not a limit. You guys suck at hunting. Yeah. No, we stopped a little short, bub. Same with safer. Same with Plus, if, but if, what if you, you get a couple one? hands, right? What if you sailed one? Right. Counts. Your dog went over there. Couldn't find it. We made every effort in the world. Are you ethical enough to count that against your limit? Or do you say we made an effort, we're going to kill another one because right. we got to have that picture, man. Oh, yeah. You're going to eat it? You're going to eat every goose you kill? This is the kind of shit that goes in to the overall or, now, okay, look, I'm getting specific on waterfowl hunting. <laughs> the numbers are down. Okay? Duck stamp purchases are down. Duck hunting is the lowest, and in my opinion, I think I got to say in my opinion, because I don't have the hunter, but I know there's more turkey hunters. I know for a fact there's way more deer hunters, Western and whitetail. There's more sheep hunters around the world than there are duck hunters, big game hunters, turkey hunters. There's more predator hunters in America than there are duck hunters. There's around 2 million duck hunters in America. There's 15 million deer hunters, four and a half, five million turkey hunters. You, you, any, any guesses why? One, we just talked about some intimidating freaking laws. Mm -hmm. Oh, now you tell me I got to identify the bird? Oh, wait, that's a hen gadwall? That looks like a hen mount. Wait, that's not a hen sprig? Oh, no, that's a hen canvasback. What? I just shot that duck because he flew into my decoys. Identify them while they're flying. Exactly. While you're flying. 
then you got to know all the rules, all the regulations, federally and statewide, of what's the limit, what, how many of this redhead can I kill, how many canvasbacks can I kill, how many sprig can I kill, how many hen mallards can I kill, how many blue, blah, 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 blah. Then you got to be like, oh, wait, I can't just kill them with my shotgun? No, man, you got to have a train dog, you got to have a boat, you got to have 20 dozen decoys, you got to have 10 dozen floating duck decoys, you got to have a duck strap, you got to have a blind bag, you got to have a GPS, you got to have this, you got to have that, you got to have this. And then all of a sudden it's like, holy shit, it's expensive to be a duck hunter. Because you can't be successful every day with a dozen decoys. You can't. No matter what people tell you, you can't. Right. Now, if you're happy with just going out and hunting your local creek, that's fine. But you got you to gotta be able to entice these birds and have a bigger footprint sooner than later to be consistently successful. So now you got the legalities. You got the, the, the whole cost of it. I'm not saying that it's not expensive to be – you can go spend 60000 on a stone sheep hunt. I get it. Oh, yeah. But – not everybody's going to do that. You know, I'm talking about just being an everyday waterfowl hunter. It's very expensive. You got to have an arsenal. Now you got to have an enclosed trailer. Now you got to have a boat and you got to have a mud motor. You got to have a truck to pull the boat. You got to have a, I mean, there's tons of shit. Deer hunting, you need a rifle with a scope on it and an orange vest. You can go out there naked for all I care. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that deer hunting's easy, but you don't have an arsenal it's like different. you do in yeah. duck hunting. You don't. I'm telling you, you, you need a pretty good lease or you need some public property. Walk out there in your underwear and some snow boots with an orange vest on and some earmuffs and an Eddie, uh, Uncle Eddie hat, shitter's <laughs> full hat, and boom, you kill your deer. Yep. Got to have a knife to skin it and gut it. Got to know how, yeah, I was going to say, you got to know how to clean them a little bit. That's where Meet the Maker comes in. Yep. Ooh, full circle. Wow. But again, hopefully a company like Meet the Maker gives us the pride and the, the desire to want to get ingrained more. I do want to become a better duck hunter. I'm up for the challenge. Now, we didn't even talk about the vocalizations. You don't have to be a good deer caller to kill a deer. I'm not saying that you got to be the greatest duck caller in the world or a goose caller. But if you understand the language and can help and can call, you're going to be better off. I'll Way just let off. him call for me. That's cool. That's a good mindset. But I don't have that mindset. I want to be the guy calling. I always wanted to be the guy that was like. He's not always going to be there. <laughs> I want. Meh, meh, meh. Oh, man. Look at him. How they just spun around. I wanted that forever. Right. So I guess all in all is duck hunting suffers because of the complexities and the expense of it. And a, lo- a big part of it is that some people are just like, dude, screw it. I'm not even going to try it. You guys make it too hard. You're busting everybody for all of this stuff, which if you're intentionally going out and breaking the law, you're baiting or you're poaching or you're going out and putting a bad spin and a bad name on this lifestyle, this right that we have to be in a hunter, it's a right and a privilege. If you're going out and intentionally doing it because I'm mad at him, I didn't get to kill as me last year. The migration was low. That's that's not right. Mm-hmm. It's not right. Abide by the laws. Okay, you do when you drive your car. I don't like people going eighty and a sixty. You know why? Because I look at my daughter someday getting smashed by one of those assholes that has to drive fast everywhere. I don't like that mindset. Nope. You own the road. No, you don't. We're all taxpayers. I'm not saying don't be in your little thing going 40 in the fast lane. Scoot over and let the people that want to go by, buy. Understand the ethics and the, what's that word I'm looking for? Like when you're bullying and you let the person to your right go? Etiquette. Etiquette. Have yeah. some etiquette. Golf etiquette. Bullying etiquette. Driving etiquette. Hunting etiquette. Respect the resource. Have compassion for the animals we pursue. Don't go out and just think you can shoot them up and break the law just because you, because you have a gun and that you can. No, you can't. But if you take the time to learn these laws and get ingrained in it, it's a very plentiful and bountiful and fulfilling feeling that you get when it all comes together and you're making that sausage with your meet the maker processing equipment. 
and grinder and mixing bowl and all that, and then putting it into your bag and vacuum sealing it and writing on it and then flattening it out so it freezes thoroughly. And then when you un when you thaw it out in some water, it thaws out in an instant because you packaged it the right way. Boom, it all makes sense. But we could talk for hours, me and Dave Stanley. Dave Stanley and I have had so many conversations about some of the same stuff we're talking about and why more people don't get, plus it's cold. Oh, wait, there's ice? Wait, we got to walk through a river? What? We got to be in water with waders where your waders leak. Well, everything that's underwater that's made to keep water out is going to let water in someday. Yep. Okay, you got to understand that. So there's all this stuff that goes into this lifestyle. I got to buy a new pair of waders? Well, probably every season if you hunt hard. Right. Well, I don't have to buy any. Well, yeah, you do. You got to you gotta buy more ammo. You got to buy more gear. You got to buy other jackets. Everything gives out. Yep. Waders take a beating. Everybody's like, well, banded waders. I remember we've heard it all. No, they don't. I'm saying that if you're a real serious duck hunter, you might need to buy waders more than once every 10 years. Oh, go through the ice with them one time. I don't care who's or waiting. stumps you in Arkansas stumps. you're walking in flooded timber. Yeah. It, it chews it up. So I guess... We want more people involved. We want it to be desirable to be a waterfowl hunter. But then we bitch because there's too many people in the marsh. Marsh. There are some. We want, we want keep public land public. Oh, yeah. Well, now, uh, if you're a veteran and we, want, and we want to give you a little benefit of hunting with a crossbow on Sundays in Montana, there people are like all these inner fighting. No, you can't do that. Those are our deer. Those are our mountains. I thought you just said keep public land public. Mm -hmm. This guy just fought for our freedoms. You're saying he can't go out there and take a shot at a buck because you think you've been scouting so hard that you got the biggest buck on the mountain peg? Relax. Right. Freaking relax. Chill the freak out. He's he's in a wheelchair. He's freaking, he's a double amputee from war. He can't go out there and have a little bit more of an advantage on deer. Not saying that veterans have asked for this. It's just people trying to get more people in the field and give them their due process of being able to harvest an animal. Yeah. It's harder when you're a freaking disabled veteran. But then we have interfighting. Nope, don't allow it. I don't want you to take the gun out of my hands. They don't want the youth seasons either. No youth seasons. But you need people to continue your... Your heritage. Your heritage. And your, your lifestyle. Sport. But let's bitch about it when they do it. Right. It's, it's, there's just so much interfighting and so much ego. And it makes it to where you're just like, man, I don't even want to be on social media. I, I post so much stuff that's not even pile pics because it's like, why? What is a pile? What does it what does it signify? Memories with your friends? Why has it got to have a pile in there to get a lot of likes? Why can't just a picture of me and my buddy high fiving with my dog be the epicenter of a hunt? Why has it got to show the pile? Oh, we stacked them up today, man. That mindset's not good. Now I'm not I'm unapologetic about killing them. I love killing them. And you gotta them. kill them to eat them. I love eating them. <laughs> right. I like mounting them. I love taxidermy. I'm unapologetic about it all as long as we're legal, right? Is it is it that just a, some bad apples spoil the bunch? Because I One I really do. Bad apple spoils a whole damn bunch. Who sings a bad apples? Nineteen ninety one album, red and yellow cover. It was a double album. I don't know what double album. Nineteen ninety one. Use your is it use your illusion one and two bad Jeez, apples bad I never heard bad apples. Why apple. let one bad apple spoil the whole? Oh, Axel rips on it. So do you think that's what one. it is? No. I think that... More bad apples are spoiling the bunch? I think that there's a lot of legal, illegal means and, and, and outlaws that don't get caught. I think that innocent people get busted, you know, for making, you know, laws they didn't, they might not have educated themselves on, right? Because they, they say like 97% of duck hunters break a law when they go in the field every day. 
In, not intentionally, obviously. Not intentionally. Yeah. But the intentional ones that know they're baiting or know that they're burying Shooting ducks. 20 ducks a day. And, and burying yeah. them and ditching them because they want to go kill more. I've had people tell me to my face, swore on my life in the last six months, dude, it was unreal one day, man. We went out there and we couldn't quit killing them. We had to go back in and ditch these and, and put them away and then go back out and kill them. I just want to go, dude, you just literally told me you're a poacher. Mm-hmm. You literally just told me that you're giving our, our lifestyle and heritage a bad name. I swore on my life. I've heard that three to five times in the last six months. Stories of people thinking I want to hear that, that that's going to make them cool to me. Oh, really? You had one of those days where the ducks wouldn't quit coming? No shit. And then you're bitching about the next day because they're all gone None because you won't there. quit shooting at them. And I kind of, my my mind has wandered off. To, I saw this picture last year, you know, 12-year-old kid kills a 235-inch mule deer with his dad. And then you then you wonder, you know, so the dad basically had this whole hunt and just pointed his son's rifle at this 235-inch deer and he killed it. And and you start to sympathize with people that go, oh, there shouldn't be a youth hunt. So some guy can just bring his, you know, kid out there and kill the deer that he's been looking at because he can't draw a tag or whatever. That's where I wonder, does does that one bad apple spoil the bunch? Whereas, you know, I, I talked to... Uh, well, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on his name, but basically he said, you, you don't know, need to say names on here, not name, but you know, he doesn't care if his kid, you know, his kid would be happy killing a doe, uh, a fork. You know, he wants to get his first deer. Like that's a youth tag, right? That's what, that's what our dads did with us. You know, and you got, you learned how to clean your first deer and you, it didn't matter what the horns looked like. Then you got the guy that, you know, his 11 year old kid kills a 235. Well, that's the same field. basketball parent that thinks his son's the next Kobe. Right. No, dude. Chill out. You're at a local high school in Sun Valley, Idaho. Your kid's just okay. Right. Okay? It doesn't matter. It's the it's the experience. I mean, I've been to games for my nephews, even my daughter's volleyball games, 10 years old, and you have parents in there thinking oh, that God. they're the next Olympic gold medalist. You just want to be like, will you chill out? Yeah. I love the Little League parents that just rip into the umpires. I know you don't watch a lot of social media, but there's <laughs> one that you would love if you've seen it. Kid grabs the basketball and he goes, think fast. And he like throws it to a, a adult, right? And the adult catches it and the lady goes, he's going to be a pro one day. And when the kid, the guy throws it back to the kid, hits him right in the face. He doesn't catch the ball. It's freaking hilarious. It's perfect. That's what this is. It's, exactly. It's what it is. Exactly. But the, the hunting for your kids is like, chill out. Yeah. It's not about your kid killing a 180 on his first hunt. Right. There's a kid in Kansas where they, or some Missouri or somewhere this year, killed that new world record whitetail. And they, I guess there's a game farm right down the street and it's known that it got out. Oh, yeah, I saw that. And now they're wondering, is it really Boone and Crockett because he killed it in free ranging land? Or is it, is it, no, it's not, in my opinion, it's not a Boone and Crockett deer. No. It was freaking farmed. Exactly. It was injected with sperm and, and freaking steroids. Again, and, my and opinion. Fed high, high protein and whatever they feed them. You know how many ducks life. I've watched dial into decoys? Just, Belly up, back flapping. I'm picturing, oh, my God, if this is me and my buddy's hunting. When Alyssa's got her little 410 or a little Benelli M2, Chase is there with us. Not one time did I ever, like, go, give me the gun. I'm going to kill your duck for you. Right. We got to get some pictures of some dead ducks with you or this hunt is not a success. We're not going to get enough light. I had problems putting Alyssa's hunt on social media. I, I, I put it on there because I wanted to show. I was showing the correlation of Les was turning 80 and Alyssa was turning 10. And they were both crying on her first duck when she killed that canvas back. Yeah. And I was like, look what hunting does to us. 
It was one duck. It wasn't like my daughter's the best in the world. Yeah, she probably shot got seven mallards. There was today. some luck involved in that shot. Remy was there. I was. I'm a lefty, and I was trying to help her get centered up. You know, I'm like shoulder. I finally, I said, Remy, come up here, and you're a righty. Help her get the you know shoulder, and make sure she's looking down the barrel. Soon enough, I think the second time, another canvas back came in, big bull, woof, smoked it. Pistol less, less his yellow lab brings it back. I'm crying. Les is crying on his birthday. Uh, this is the youth hunt in uh, February. Alyssa just turned 10 on New Year's Eve. And Les is 80. I don't know how many ducks he's got under his belt. He's in the Boone and Crockett Hall of Fame for the North American 29. His game room would tell me he's got a lot. <laughs> and he's killed ducks. He's a big-time duck. His duck hunting is his passion. Yeah. And he's crying over this little 10-year-old girl's first duck. That And I put it on social media, and I had to ask T-Bone and Waddell and all these guys, like, Man, I don't know if I feel right about that. And they're like, why wouldn't you? You're celebrating something that meant something to you. Who cares if anybody likes it? I, I know, but couldn't I just keep that to myself and not put it on social media? Why did I have to, Why do we have this feeling that we have to showcase everything on social media for the brand? She's wearing Band-Aid. She's wearing Realtree. She's shooting Benelli. She's shooting Federal. She's wearing Oakley. She's got a Band-Aid B on her beanie. Why do we feel the need to go out and share it with the world when it'd be okay just in our family heirlooms and our in our photo albums. Sure. Why do I care that somebody goes, Oh my God, like Chad, good job taking your daughter <laughs> honey. No shit, that's what I'm supposed to do. Right. It's what good dads do. <laughs> You're not supposed to go to jail. <laughs> but why do we need why do we need to celebrate it with everybody? That's what society is now, I guess. But why? Why can't when is this gonna go away? Never. I mean, we started with meat and processing and butchering, and now we're on to my thoughts that I wish I woke up tomorrow and never saw another social media platform. Well, you wouldn't be able to stay in touch with your nephew in Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking, he's over living in Eight Mile, and he might want to show on his. No, just text me if you're my nephew, or freaking have your mom. My your aunt, your right. mom is obviously my cousin or my freaking. Send me a letter. Send me a letter. You know, freaking go old school a little bit on us. This is, this is not a soapbox. This is just me saying, F social media. Right. You've already seen what freaking Facebook did to the election and how illegal they are. They've ar I've already watched. We had a discussion today in one of our team meetings. I've already seen what they're doing to hunting and shooting companies. They're gone. And how their yeah. analytics and their algorithms, or their algorithms, I should say, are not allowing us to get the message out there. Th Donald Trump can't even tweet. S some of our congressmen and old vets, retired vets, can't tweet, but the Taliban can. Mm -hmm. I mean... You want to get political, like this social media is tearing America apart. Tell me anything right now besides if you own a company and you get to advertise on this, what's beneficial about it? Because my eight-year-old nephew in Detroit gets to show me that he took his first steps. Well, he should have already if he's eight years old. That was a dumb example, but I'm covering it up with a joke. I like it. But you know what I'm saying? It's like they, these moms put all this shit on there. Like who put it on who gives a shit.com. Exactly. If you want to share that with the people that mean something, you want to know what it tells me? They're looking for somebody to go, oh, my God, good job, good, yep. good well thought out. Uh, you know, th that, that wardrobe is just so well thought. You should be mom of the year. You know what? Who cares? In my opinion, it, it is 100% it is turned to a purely negative thing. What is positive Be because about you can't, it? you can't have a different opinion than anyone, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't. And what you find cool or, you know, you, you, what you got out of something is, is only, they only can read into one photo, right? You, you post the photo of your daughter on her first duck hunt. It's going to be bashed on by half the population. 
that thinks you're just out killing something and it's going to be praised by half the population that understands what that is. And now on top of it, because of the egos and hunting, you're going to have the inner fighting. That too. Oh yeah. yeah I bet she, you, she, I bet you she, she's with the foul life. Yeah. She got to hunt the best places in the world. Can't and believe she's not wearing a life jacket. Can't believe you know. she's not wearing a life jacket. And how dare you have your dog on that? Oh yeah. Dude, everybody's a pro and everybody's mm-hmm. a critic and everybody's an ambassador and everybody's an influencer. How about y'all just go get in your lane and just live life? A classic one. And I think you briefly touched on it, but I was going to talk to you about that. Was it you cutting the the breast the meat off? Breast, those did you see that? I got lit up for it. You just got to pluck that. There's, there's a way to do it with one cut instead of two. <laughs> Dude, okay. Oh, and you're not taking the legs off. How do you know I didn't take the legs right. off? How do you know that the video wasn't cut short? The, he, the but cr- you know what? They go, oh my God, I'm in my mom's basement. She just brought me down a little PB&J uh-huh. without the crust. No, uh, you know, like that dude that's afraid of the sun in the movie Benchwarmers? Oh, yeah. oh my God, I'm going to type under a mysterious name right. that Chad Building sucks because he didn't clean that goose yep. the way that I would have. Can't believe you're holding your knife with that hand. <laughs> it, it, that's what's cracked me up. It, 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 we could start another episode right now and go into all this, but it, it is, it is, I do believe that when it first started, I just had this discussion. It was a way to keep in touch with people. And I don't know if we figured out that we didn't want to keep in touch with those people anymore. If it's just showed us that, right. That I, I can't believe I used to call you my friend. That's a drastic thing, but you know, acquaintances that you used to know, that excuse is so old now, bro. You got FaceTime. You got Skype. You could literally call every member in your family and have them on every different screen on your laptop or your t- smart TV and play video games against them. You can right. talk with them. You can watch the World Series tonight with them. You can call grandpa. I hadn't seen my grandpa. I'm not I'm not being me, but a lot of people don't live right by their immediate family. Right. The social media sucks, bro. That's what I'm saying. It's is more I, detrimental. When it started, I think it was. It, I I think it was something that you could, you know, like you said, you could keep in touch better, easier with people that maybe you would never talk to. But now that turned into something that I, I don't. I think we were meant to stay away from those people. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just wild, dude. You literally can't do anything without having somebody else's opinion of, you know. You, you just ate salami, cheese, salami. It should have been cheese, salami, cheese. Oh, wait. I put up this goose call on there like, geese don't do that. And I'm like, oh, that's that's what I said in my post is that, I, that I'm that i a goose. No right. shit, dude. I'm a freaking human being blowing a goose call. Right. Okay. I might – Kelly Powers lost contest when he did a spit no. Most of these people that are judging you goes back to our conversation on, on, the, on uh, breaking it down of foodies and critics. Oh, this soup sucks. Mm-hmm. It's just the broth is just – not tantalizing dipshit i'm so i'm so over self-absorbing comments that make you feel better when you hit the send button you're telling me i can't blow a goose call bro i've placed higher than most of the best goose callers in the country in contest killed thousands of geese killed thousands of geese (laughs) had people look at me just wowed oh my god sold thousands of ducks and goose calls and banded and now jargon calls but I haven't proven myself that I can operate a goose call. So I got some donkey that can go on there and just shred me apart. Yeah. Rock, you might be the hardest worker in the room, but your triceps don't look very. <laughs> no, dude, you're an idiot. Just, just. It's like, why do you say that I don't sound like geese? How? Who are you to tell me that Canada geese don't make that sound? When I guarantee you, I've spent fifty thousand times, fifty thousand, five thousand times more time in the field than you listening to real Canada geese. And you blow a goose call in your truck all the time. I the, operate a goose call. 
the, the same. I operate a goose call. I don't blow I said what I said. a goose call. Uh, <laughs> uh, they're the same guys that try it on public land. Yeah, These guys it. are hunting in, you know, leased fields okay, all the I'll, time. I'll go film an episode <laughs> of The Foul Life on public land. Here, here's a couple examples. I'm going to be out at Stillwater this Saturday filming a episode of The Foul Life. I'm going to ask that every single person that has plans to go to Stillwater this weekend with their kids and their friends and their family, change your plans and don't go. Why? Because we can't have you shooting at ducks when they're working our decoys. <laughs> we can't have you sky blasting when we're trying to work ducks into camera view. We can't have you yelling across the marsh to, for your buddy to come on because we're trying to make TV. Okay. Now, another one is, okay, we're going to be at the public boat ramp on the White River in Arkansas opening day with a full TV crew to let everybody in the world know where your sacred ground is on your public land. Right. They're going to kill me. They're going to shoot me. They're going to fist fight me. They're going to be pissed. They're going to talk down to me. They're going to say that I'm giving up their secrets. They're going to say that we ruined hunting in Oklahoma and Kansas and all this shit by telling them, oh, you can kill deer here. You can kill ducks here. It's, it's, you can't win, dude. You can't. You can't win. And social media has given everybody the ability to talk shit without being held accountable for. Like Tyson said, everybody's tough until they get punched in the face. You just hit the nail right on the head. Nobody's accountable anymore. They can say whatever they want to whoever they want. Not one time in my whole career and every hundreds of appearances I've done. Have I come, have had somebody walk up to the table and say, I'm coming over this table whipping your ass because you're a shitty goose caller. You hunt private property. You're unethical. You, you wore a flat bill hat. You freaking, <laughs> you, you ruined the sport of hunting. Not one person ever. And all of these announcements of, I'm going to be here now. I'm going to be here this day. Not one time have I been confronted negatively. No. Well, never Quite happen. the opposite. Never happened. No one's ever going to come up to you and tell you, you, you cut the goose meat off that breast wrong. At, at a Cabela's or wherever. Yeah, Chad, can you follow dude. me to my tailgate? I just killed a goose this morning. Let me show you how to hold that knife. Hey, could you uh, pop that cooler and give me one of those cold butters? I've only had nine of them this morning already, but I want to show you how I do this. I did find that funny. I, I didn't know if you'd seen it or not, but the... Somebody called me... Uh, we're not saying names, but a, a sponsor called me. Said, hey, uh, was going to... It was so funny. <laughs> this is one of the funniest guys I know. He goes, hey, was going to call you to do a uh, a goose butchering seminar for me. I was going to give you 12 grand, but I watched your post and I, I read that you don't know how to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to have to retract that yeah, offer. I'm going to have to retract that offer. I'm going to go... I'm, I got my agents reaching out to this guy's agent right here. We're going to hire him now. Jim and <laughs> no one's ever heard of you. Uh, village in Canada can clean that goose a heck of a lot better than you. We're going to hire him. It is funny though, dude. It, it, and then it's just like, how much time do you? But how 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 much are you supposed to take? Remember that show with Michael Douglas when he finally just oh, lost yeah. his shit? What was it called? Standing, standing, yeah. uh, stand, stand tall. No, uh, not standing. Falling down, falling down. You, you went the wrong and way. And he just yeah. loses his shit oh, yeah. in traffic jam. That did the, the, the dude. I feel like that on this highway every day. I moved out here for sanctity and just quiet. And now it's like a zoo, right? Well, who am I to bitch? You know, it's we're part of it. Yeah. Before me living out here was the coyote. So who am I to bitch, right? Freaking diesels going back and forth, cars ripping in and out, freaking construction everywhere, noise everywhere, crime everywhere. Who? It's part of life. Yeah, it's part of life. It but, sucks though. But it's like you you want something, you you pray for the best, and you got to adapt. Michael Douglas didn't adapt. He just started shooting people. Right. Well, how much of <laughs> this social media? Can you take of getting battered? Oh, well, just stay in your lane, Chad, and know that you're a good guy, and know that you've made it, know that you're you're doing well. Um, these are things my therapist tell. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're in therapy? You must be a weekly. No, I'm in therapy two days a week. I go to a therapist. Always have. Love it. 
I, I advise anybody to get into it, but most people wouldn't admit that. Won't say her name, won't say what her degrees are in, won't all the shit that goes into being in therapy. I love it. Um, but how much are you supposed to take until you finally snap and go, listen, waterhead, you're clueless. You have 112 followers. But who's the asshole when I do that, Crosby? You are. This guy has the ability to get on and make me look stupid. But then I'm the you know what when I, when I argue back and go, hey, waterhead, mom mad at you? She finally took your handcuffs off down in the freaking base? Like I could start saying, I could verbally assassinate somebody. But then I'm going to get in trouble with sponsors. I'm going to be looked down on because I finally lost my cool. Why can't I lose my cool? Well, you're just going to get blocked, you, you know. Right, that's, I should just block. Them. That's the answer. I, I guess. should. Just, why didn't you just block them, Chad? If they hurt your feelings, yeah. that, but that's the thing. They're not accountable. They right. just did that and they went on with their day. It's, oh gosh, I'm going to go play Dungeons and Dragons now, and maybe some crossbows and catapults. I'm going to just go live my day in my basement, right? Yep. Okay. The, the thing is, is that nobody's accountable. I should be able to just touch a button. His address is right there. I book a plane flight, go up there, knock on the door, and go, "Hey, I'm here." Right. You talk some smack. He might be the biggest dude in the world. He might be able to throttle me with one punch, but at least he knows that he's going to be held accountable gonna say, and he's going to get a fight on his hands for making fun of people. You're not supposed to bully. Right. Don't well, bully you know, me. Th th that guy's never going to post a video of him cleaning a goose. Because he doesn't know how to kill a goose. Well, well and that's what, you know, like uh, that's more accountability, right? But if the problem is, is that who's going to watch it? Nobody. Who's going to watch his video? I, I've always Does that said, make him mad that people are watching our stuff? Yes. But why? I don't even want to be on there. All right. Does he not understand that I wish I didn't even have to be on here? No, he doesn't. But it's part of our marketing now. It's part of the way brands are in marketing and doll and, and promotion and advertising is done. You can't now. do it without I it. just saw a report last night on Fox News that the quarter report for revenue of Facebook, guess what it was for the third quarter of 2021? Just guess. I don't even I don't even know how to Well, take your favorite company. Okay, we did we did a we did a hundred we did we did 800,000 for the quarter. That would be a $2.4 million a year. That's pretty strong. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, we did a million this month. Okay. You did 4 million this year. You did a million a quarter. Guess how much they did in the third quarter of 2021? 9.8 billion. Jesus Christ. 9.8 billion in a quarter. Who is spending that much money with Facebook? That means people are advertising on it. Everybody. That means that people are like saying that, oh, well, we're on TV a little bit. We got our little print ad campaign. Got some digital ads here. We got all this, all of their freaking budgets over here. If people, if they're getting $9.8 worldwide, um, that ain't 9.8 million. That's 9.8 billion. How many, what's, how many millions in a billion? 100 thousand. million? Thousand. Hundred, a thousand million is a billion. Mm -hmm. I don't even know that. That's yeah. how far off I am from a billion. Why, who, no one gets to count that high. I you know who does? It's a great leader named Donald Trump. It's true. I did. He just sold. That dude just sold two hundred and sixty-eight million dollars in his own Facebook shares. It's hard to wrap your mind around two hundred sixty-eight million. You're not even close to a billion at that point. Yeah, I mean, there's guys like uh, there's guys like Dave Grohl that are worth four hundred million from rock and roll. Rappers like Jay Z, nine 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 hundred million or a billion. They're billionaires. He's now. a billionaire, yeah. Tiger. I mean, there's people that are that are up there. Could you imagine? But what I'm saying is that Facebook. Obviously, people are spending money with necessary these, with this evil. Stuff. I think is what they call it. The necessary evil. It sucks. It sucks. It's the worst. Oh my god! I'm just going to scroll this morning, and I'm going to feel better about myself. Bullshit! You are. Stop scrolling. Stop scrolling, exactly. please. I've heard musicians tell me I had to get off of it. Why? Well, I thought I was a good singer. Well, 
Why aren't you? Well, I don't have the attendance this guy had. Look at this show here. Look at this sale out here. Look at this Grammy here. Look at this ACM here. Look at his hot wife here. It's like it, the things we didn't know back in the day kept us wholesome, man. Yeah. Now we're comparing ourselves to everybody. I'm not that pretty. And that it's dress it? doesn't look... Remember, you had to read People Magazine to see who wore it better. Now it's like freaking... You just have to scroll to see every pretty girl in the world and think, oh my gosh, enough, dude, yeah. I, I, I'm good enough for her. I, I, I can get it. And these little girls are seeing it being, is that what I'm supposed to look like? Yep. Oh, wait. I just don't know how many filters she went through to get there. <laughs> yeah, it's like they got a they poor they got a whole nother set of problems over there. Unfortunately, isn't this crazy that we're talking? We've this is this has kind of gone on too far for foul life. But think about it: if we're hunting, let's quit the inner fighting. Let's learn to be providers. Cook better, process better, butcher better. I should say butcher better, process better. Meet your maker. They believe in all everything that we talked about today. I'm sure they do. Maybe they don't agree with us that social media sucks. Maybe they love social media. Meet your maker on Instagram. Is that what it is, or is it made by meat? No. Meet Let's you. make sure. I've always get confused because there's they. I've seen both. You know, somebody's gone on their social media and said they misspelled meat. It's it's uh, it's made by meat. I believe on on Instagram. Made by meat. Oh, I didn't know you were talking about their. Instagram. I'm wrong again. Uh, made with meat, made with meat, made with meat. See, it's too confusing. I, it's make meetyourmaker.com, but it's made with meat on Instagram. M-A-D-E-W-I-T-H-M-E-A-T, made with meat. Great stuff on there. Ooh, look at this. Wild hog boudin. Ooh, I love me some Louisiana Cajun boudin, boy. Get over there and stir that pot of gum on that, boy. The Fat Life Podcast. Thank you, Made With Meat. Meet your maker. Get you get into this lifestyle, I'm telling you. Here's some good news. You can go on theproviderlife.com right now. Get our rubs. We got 10 of them. You can do the 10-pack, the ultimate pack, or you can do the crosshairs or the drop tine or the covey or the swine or the foul, the flaky, the spawn. I'm going to miss some here. The dragon, the sonora, the brit. There's 10 of them. Did I name 10 of them? I miss one. What's the fish one? Spawn and flaky. I don't think you said They flaky. are unbelievable, are they not? They're really good. I did say spawn and flaky. You did? Rewind the tape. Um, in November 9th, the provider cookbook. We're number one on Amazon right now. Did you see that number one in cookbooks? I did. Just based off our pre-sales. It's a beautiful book. I promise you all, it is a beautiful book. Chad Mendez, Clay Belding, Clint Belding, Alex Crosby, Bubba Henderson, Tom Rashashin, Tyson Waldron, Bubba Henderson, did I say him already? You did. You forgot to say yourself. Jennifer Swenson. Myself. Alex Crosby, didn't no, I say? you said me. You didn't say yourself. Chad Belding, myself. So many awesome. I got a text from Billy Bogey in Arkansas, our main chef at Prairie Wings in Arkansas, Brandon and Brian Adam place. And uh, he said, I had tears in my eyes because he's in there big. Big picture of him. Billy Bogey smothered deer steak. Unbelievable recipe. And he's just unreal. He's like, I opened it, man. And I signed him a copy and sent it to him. It's beautiful. Two, Did you get Drew in there? 200 Drew's in there with uh, Miss Shelly Cross at Honey Break with the sizzling squirrel. Mm. She made it for me one day, and I love it. We filmed it. It's on the Foul Life. 
Drew Keith, Leith Lofton's tomato gravy's in there. Brent Cobb's yeah. family greens are in there. Collard greens, some other one more Brent Cobb recipe. Christy Crabtree and Andy Perwin, Nevada foodies. Um, I know I'm going to miss a bunch of people trying to name all these, but recipes from all over the world. Jim Ray, Brad Forsyth, um, tons of Chad Mendez's friends, Clay's Garden. You're in there. Elk hunts, deer hunts. You wrote some of it for us. It's pretty cool. Have you seen it? Yeah, I was going. I was thumbing through it before I came in here. It's beautiful, isn't it? Really cool. Available November 9th, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all of your retail outlets for your books. Get the Provider Cookbook. Would you say Let if you got that you cookbook, you, would, you, could, you wouldn't have to make so many duck poppers? 100%. There's so many good waterfowl recipes That's in what's there. important. We just posted this one. It's going in the new edition of California Waterfowl Magazine. What is it? Look at that. Just Let me see the picture from here, and I'll guess what it is, maybe. My eyesight's not that good. It's got a picture of the cookbook. Chad's famous duck fried rice? Yep. Lots of people ask for that recipe. You're going to give it up, huh? It's it's not in the cookbook. It's in Cal Waterfowl. It's going in the cook, part two of the oh, cookbook. Oh, you saved uh, And then we filmed it, and it's going on the providerlife.com. But you're giving it out to Cal Waterfowl? Yeah. Mm. I mean, it doesn't take a genius to make fried rice. It does if you're, I mean, if you're an Italian guy with a good duck fried rice recipe, you might, you should have held on to that thing. Well, I just learned from all my influences over the I world. Understand. Jimmy Ray wouldn't give you his paella recipe guaranteed. Yeah, he did. It's in there. He did? Yeah. Is no, Ray Chipino, Italian? His Chipino in there. No, I think Ray is gooberish. Have you ever heard of that? Never. I never have. <laughs> <laughs> We're going we, off on another tangent. We love Jim Wrap Ray. this thing Jim up. Jim Ray can cook. Jim Ray can cook. At Jimmy Ray on Instagram, the dude can cook. He's a Traeger boy. At Acroz, A-C-R-O-Z on Instagram. Check out new episodes of Where the Pavement In podcast with Alex Crosby, Clay Belding, Clint Belding, Bubba Henderson, Jared Woodward. Check out new episodes of Sig Sauer's Peace of Mind podcast, part of the Foul Life. New episodes of You Can Nuba Duck Dogs. New episodes of Dickie's Workwear Foul Life podcast. New episodes of Just the Foul Life. I know that I'm missing one in there. New episodes... Of, I said you can do a duck dog, Dickie's workwear, SCI, Sig Sauer. And something? yes, that's it. SCI's foul thoughts. Thank you for everything you do, Safari Club International. Brand new episodes of Where the Payment Ends and brand new episodes of This Life Ain't for Everybody and This Life Ain't for Everybody Breaking It Down. Our new episode coming out this week is all about Bobby Ritchie, a.k.a. Kid Rock. And the concert we went to for my birthday, Chad Belding, Alex Crosby, another episode of the Foul Life Podcast. Thank you all very much for the subscriptions, the downloads, and for supporting the sponsors and partners that take care of all of our brands here at the Foul Life, where the payment ends, This Life Ain't for Everybody, Banded Brands, Avery Outdoors, Green Head Gear, Jargon Duck Calls, American Almond Beef. We could not thank you all enough. Thank you very much for all the continuous support. And thank you, Made With Meat, for making us better providers across the world. For Alex Crosby, Chad Belding, we'll see you next time. This song is called My Foul Life by the rock band out of the state of Idaho. 2 a.m. logic. <laughs> <laughs>